Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Amen. So let's stand. We're going to turn to John chapter 13, and I'm going to read you a few scriptures. How to have a happier new year. That's my thoughts tonight. There's a few things that I want us to think about right here, and this is where they are. Four things we're going to talk about. Having faith in God, act right. This is pretty good stuff. Beware or be careful and belong to something. Four thoughts. And I hope the Lord will help me get this over to you as he has given it to me. John chapter 13, verse 15. And I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. You know what amazes me? You can go into the world we live in that is so lost, but the majority of these guys can quote the Bible. I mean, from thugs to drug addicts to homongers, you name them. They can almost quote that Bible from word to word. But they will not live it. That's, that just blows my mind. To know the word but not live it. God help us tonight. Bless us in the name of Jesus. Open to the ears of your children tonight. And Father, I will forever give you the glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Looking for happiness. Everybody is looking to be happy. In the world we live in, they are looking for happiness everywhere. Everywhere. They can't find it on the streets because it's not out there. You can't find true happiness in the world because it, it, it has none. There's none to be offered. When you look at the church, church, let me tell you something. If you're looking for happiness out of the church, you're not going to find true happiness. The world can't give it because they ain't got it. But the world is looking and people are looking to be happy. Remember the old song and you say, don't worry, be happy? That's what we need to do this year. Don't worry, just be happy. Come on, God wants us to live happy. God wants us to live, to live victorious. Amen, I believe that. I believe God wants to do something this year to you and I like he's never did before. But to, to give us our happiness back. Just to live for him. Just to be called a child of the king. Just to know that he's our savior. God wants us to be happy in those things. Looking for that happiness in this world. You're never going to find it. But he says, Jesus says it like this. If you know these things, happy are you that do them. Amen. And the only way we're going to truly find happiness is we're going to have to obey the word of God. Not 
just some scriptures, the book, from cover to cover. If we are going to ever be happy, we're going to have to live according to the word of how God tells you and I to live. Happiness don't come from people. Happiness don't come from things. Happiness don't come from stuff. Happiness comes from Jesus. He's the only one that can give us true happiness. Oh, I'm glad I found my peace and my happiness in relationship because it became, hey, when I, it, relationship came when I got hungry for something more. Happiness came when God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Happiness came when I walked in a, into an apostolic church for the, for, for the first time and find what truly life is really mean. What really means. I'm glad that I found true happiness. And that's why I want to hold on to this happiness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus says it like this. When you do these things, happy you will be. If you do them things. So here we are. One thing we got to realize in 23, we all equal. Everybody's equal. God made no one better than anyone else. We are all God's children. There's no gatos. There's no favoritism in God. Every one of us are equal in the eyes of God. How can I tell you this? And I will tell you how I know this. It's by the Holy Ghost. God never gave you more Holy Ghost than he gave me. He gave us all the equal Holy Ghost. We all were baptized in the same name. Amen. We all experienced the same Holy Ghost, same spirit. So everybody was equal and everybody is equal in the eyes of God. So when Jesus was teaching this, this is what he was saying. He spoke these words to his disciples whenever he was washing their feet. This is amazing. So Jesus is washing the disciples' feet and in order for them to have an example in their life that they are no better than anyone else. You know, it's amazing to me when we have foot washing, how many people come back there to wash their feet? Now, Jesus has said, hold on. So I'm going to show these guys how much they mean to me that, I, that, they, that they are no better than anyone. Hey, you may thank you the favor, but you're not. I treat none of my disciples any different because you're just as important as Brennan and you're just as important as Jordan and you're just as important as Brother T. Paul. So everybody was equal. So Jesus stoops down and, and he washes the disciples' feet. And old Peter rises up and says, hey, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus said, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you will not have no part of me. And when Peter when it registered in Peter's mind, Peter said, hold on, Jesus, don't wash just my feet. Wash my hands, wash my eyes, wash my ears, wash everything about me because I want to be part of your ministry. So if Jesus stooped down and washed the feet of his disciples, yes, they probably had fungus underneath their toenails. They probably had all kinds of stuff between their toes. Because they wore sandals back there, the sandals. They didn't have clothes in shoes. So they may have had all kind of little critters in between their toes and underneath their fingernails. But Jesus Christ humbled himself down to his disciples. Saying this, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. I'm going to wash your feet. 
Now, if Jesus took the time to wash somebody else or his disciples' feet, don't ever think you better than somebody else not to wash feet. I still believe foot washing is necessary in 23. I still believe communion is still necessary in 23. I still believe baptism in Jesus' name is still necessary in 23. I still believe being filled with the Holy Ghost is necessary in 23. But I love Brother Francois. Brother Francois, I was going to use you because the Lord put me, put you on my heart. There ain't nobody humble like this man. For real. He don't only come in there and wash my feet. He washes everybody else's feet. And what makes the difference is humble before God, tears rolling down his face, praying for you, Brother Rodney, praying for me, praying for Brother Chris, humble before God. That's how God wants the church. He wants us humble, not thinking that we are better than anyone else. Praise the Lord. Praise God because we all equal in God's eyes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Equal, every one of us. But we have the same thing in common. And that's the same spirit and same baptism. Amen. Jesus says it like this. He tells his disciple, we're told that happiness is not found in merely of knowing these things, but doing them. We got to do what God wants us to do. So let's look at a few things. Faith. One thing we got to have this year, greater than we ever had, is faith in God. Dynamic faith. Dynamic faith will enable us to defeat discouragement, stress, depression, oppression. Come on. Come on. It will enable us to trust God in every part of our life. To have faith in Jesus is what he's looking for in 23. Meaning this, it doesn't matter what I go through in life, my God will take good care of me. I don't care if I'm sick in my body, I know the healer. I don't care if I'm fighting financially, I know the one who can supply all of my needs. Amen? He wants us to have that faith and that trust in him this year. Our faith is the power that God will supply every need in our life. Not our wants, our needs. Faith in God will carry us through whatever we have to be carried through. Amen. I'm telling you right now, we can't lose our faith. That's why we can't walk by sight. We got to walk by faith every day of our life. Because th let me tell you something. If you're walking by sight, hey, things are going to let you down. People are going to let you down. Hey, your stuff is going to let you down. But if you're walking by faith, you can reflect on some things that God has brought you through. Amen. That God has pulled you out of. And you can say, oh, my God, he's that same God that can do whatever I need for him to do right now in my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And God will supply every need. This year in 23, how many of you believe that God can? There's nothing impossible with God. 
Hey, I can show you something right now. You are full of the Holy Ghost sitting in this church tonight. That ought to prove to you right then and there that there is nothing impossible with God. Come on, some of you, God's been good to you. Just as he was good to me, amen. He's pulled me out of a lot of things in life. That tells me right there that God is bigger than anything in your life, anything in my life. He can supply all of our needs, and he will. It will give us a reason to rejoice in him if we operate in 23 in faith. How many of you believe that God could fill this house with new people? How many of you truly believe that God could give us revival? Come on, truly believe that God will give us revival. Well, at least I got part of the church. I believe God could do it, amen. I believe God will do it this year. And God's going to give us a revival like we've never seen before. Amen. Let us rejoice in the following evidence of the power of of God that wants to bless us and that will bless us. The power to save. God has that power. Let's see what he says. He is able to save forever those who draw nigh to him. You know how you get saved? You come to Jesus. You make your way at an old-fashioned altar. Draw nigh unto him. Come on, find your place at an old-fashioned altar, repenting of your sins. Jesus says, those that draw nigh unto him, you're going to find him. And you're going to find what you're looking for. And let me tell you something. You search this whole world, as I said many other times before, and find nothing. But you come to an altar for five minutes and find life. It's period. Nothing like the Holy Ghost. Nothing like the Holy Ghost. Amen. The power to strengthen us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. He said it right here. We can, we can conquer anything in life because God is able to give us strength to do those things. Hey, there's a lot of things I can do in my natural body. There's a lot of things I can accomplish in this life. But there's a lot of things I can't do without God holding my hands, leading me and guiding me through life itself. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing that a church can't conquer. Hear me. There's nothing that we cannot do. Let me, let me rephrase that. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There ain't nothing in this world can, can come against a church and win. We are greater than anything in this world. That's why Jesus says, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. We have the strength in Jesus to conquer anything in life. Remember that. Have faith in God. Trust in the Lord. He has the power to save us. And I promise you this, God has the power to keep us. He's in the saving business, and I understand that, but he's also in the keeping business. Because there's a lot of times, Brother Keith, that God could have gave up on me and you, but God didn't. That means he can save me, and he has the power to keep us. Amen. Let me go on. The power to protect us, he has that power. But that, those things only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We only get those things by serving him. You know, the only prayer that God has to answer in a sinner's life is a sinner's prayer. But when a child of God asks him for something, 
hey, God will do exactly what we want him to do. Maybe not in the timing or maybe not exactly the way we want it, but he will. If he sees fit. Amen. Because that's the God we serve. Amen. The power to protect. I have not condemned you, but be strong in God and of good courage. Do not be afraid, he's telling us. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So when I get in my car to come to church, God is with me. When I lay down in my bed to take my little sleep at night, God is with me. When I'm on my way to work on, in the morning, Sister Melissa, God is with me. Come on. When, when, you, when, when you're on your way to bring your children to school, God is with you. God is always with us. That's why the Bible says he would never leave us nor forsake us. He would be with us throughout eternity. My born-again experience did not connect me to a part-time God. My born-again experience connected me to a full-time God. He's going to always be right by our side. How many times in this church, some of you guys, I went before your bed, I went before, I mean in the hospital, but on, the side, on, on your bedside, and you thought it was over with, and, and as we begin to pray, hey, God proved you right then and there that he would never leave us. Some of you are here tonight with miracles that are lined up a mile long because of the things God has did for you, because someone took the time out to pray for you, and God did a miracle. But that tells us right there that God never leaves us. Sometimes we feel like he's a distance God. Sometimes we feel like he's a thousand miles away. But the Bible says he is as close as the mention of his name. Come on, I can remember some times, Brother Francois, in my weary nights, in my late nights, and I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And look, just the mention of his name, peace comes in my room. Come on, at the midnight hour, 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus, I need you. And the, and the comforter just sweeps in that room. Come on, he, he'll never leave us. Come on here, never forsake us. Come on, Brother David, that's right. In the lowest points of life, hey, when we lose loved ones, God will never walk out of our life. It doesn't matter what we're going through in this life, God's never going to walk away from us. He's going to always be right by our side. Every step we make, everywhere we go, because we are his children. We are God's children. Hey, I can remember sometimes, Sister Sarah, when I struggled financially, and I didn't think we would be able to pay our bills, and it looks like all of a sudden God just performs a miracle. Come on, somebody. I can remember times when our children were sick, and we thought, hey, we would have had to bring them to the hospital. But we had simple faith, Brother Roger, and we prayed over them, and God did a miracle. And the next thing you know, we didn't have to bring our children to the hospital. God did a miracle. That means he never leaves us. He's always, I'm just going to put that in your heart tonight and put it in your mind. God is not going to walk away from you. God's not going to shun you. He's going to be right there by your side through every step you make. Amen. God's going to do it because he's God. Amen. But God will supply all our needs. My God, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. We read that on grave sites. During Funeral services. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what that means, Brother Brennan? He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you with your youth group. He's going to take care of you. Every, everything that you need him to do, he's going to take care of it. He's gonna, you just got to keep your 
faith and keep on loving him, keep on working for him, keep your focus right, keep your mind right, and God will continue to open up windows from heaven and bless you continuously because that's who he is. He's my shepherd, and I shall not want. Amen. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I believe right now in this room that God would bankrupt heaven to meet any one of our needs. God will do it. God will do it. That's who he is. He's a faithful father. He's faithful to you and I. He's a whole lot more faithful to me than I am to him. But he never, ever seems to quit blessing me, even though. Every time I turn around, Sister Julie, God is blessing me and my little family. Anyhow, when I don't deserve it, he's still blessing me because he's never going to walk away from me. He understands my weakness. He understands my struggles. He understands everything about me. Sir, absolutely. Awesome. Every day. Amen. 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 He's that comforter, brother. He's that comforter. Amen. Amen. He's that comforter. And I'm very glad that he's a comforter in the times of need. Amen. He's my peace when every storm around me is, is, is raging against my soul. He's my peace. Amen. That I find when I'm in trouble. He's everything I need. Praise God. But he will supply every one of my needs. Every one of them. Because he is God. And we can't forget that because he is God. He sees everything. He knows everything. And he knows exactly what we need in life. Sometimes we may feel, hey God, I need this. You might want that. But he knows what we need. That's why he said he will supply all of our needs. Okay, to act right. Let's talk about that a little bit. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The Word of God places great emphasis on believing and living a godly and holy life. Our behavior, living for God, what it does is this. It proves to the world how great our God is. Our behavior just by being a Christian. But this is what he's talking about. In our daily life, he talks about let our light shine. That the world would see God in us. That it may draw them to the master. So every day let your light shine. Every day let your light shine. I was thinking about a story here. I was telling Brother Christopher Lee last night. I had a, uh, my neighbor's dog came out of his kindle. And he got a hold of my chickens. When Sister Mary's chicken, and they weren't even fried; they were raw. And his, and and when I and I heard the noise outside, and when I looked up, they had white feathers flying everywhere. I mean, just one into the other. So, Fat Boy decides he's going to chase the dogs. So I take off running, and I run after these dogs, and I'm screaming and howling, and the dogs are not looking at me. And they're just paying me no mind. And when I got close to the big one, that big dog looked at me. Oh yeah, come on, boy. Get a little closer to me, and I'm going to put some teeth in you. I said, uh-oh, I'm going to back up a little bit. So anyhow, I took my phone, and I act like I was going to throw my phone at him, and he took off running. 
but I saved Sister Beer's chicken. Risk my life, but I saved a chicken. <laughs> and, then, and I was out of breath, chasing a dog that wasn't even mine, trying to eat my chickens, or Sister Mary's chickens. Well, I think they're mine now. I got to let them out. I got to feed them and all this other stuff. But anyhow, <laughs> and I hate chickens. <clears throat> so anyhow, I chased the dogs away from the chicken, and it kind of aggravated me a little bit, and I was wore out. I mean, just wore out from running. I was out of breath. I needed some oxygen, but I ain't had a bottle. I wish to God I would have had one. But anyhow, long story short, I go to my neighbor's house. I said, neighbor, if you don't mind, um, if you could pin your dogs up, they went in my yard eating my chickens. And he w said, huh? He wanted like almost like give me an attitude that I'm telling him that his dogs were eating my chickens. Anyone should have had an attitude. It should have been me. You know what I'm saying? So he's like giving me this little attitude. I said, listen, I ain't got to say nothing no more. I said, look at your dog. He looks at his dog. He got a feather hanging out. <laughs> he's got a feather hanging out of his mouth. He said, oh. You're right, my dog weed. I said, yeah, I'm not here just to tell you this, just to tell you that, but if you don't mind, pin your dogs up because I would hate to shoot them. That's the next words out of my mouth. Got in my truck, Sister Sarah, and I backed out of his driveway and came to the church for a few, a little while. So while I'm at the church, the Lord starts convicting me about the way I talk to my neighbor. <laughs> Act right, okay? Live right. Come on, somebody. Let your light shine that the world can see Jesus in you. So anyhow, I went over there, and I told my neighbor what I had to tell him, so I came over here, and long story short, I went back over there. I said, um, I got to apologize to you. He says, for what? Well, I could tell he was kind of mad. He's like some of you right now. He was real red. <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, I thought you had kind of like a little attitude when you drove up over here. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. I did have somewhat a little attitude. I said, but that's why I'm back over here to tell you I'm sorry the way I act. I'm sorry because I was aggravated. But understand, I had to chase your dog. And for a fat boy, chasing a dog is nothing fun. I was out of breath. And I couldn't hardly talk when I came to talk to you. Yes, words probably didn't come out right. But I'm here to tell you I'm sorry the way I talk to you and the way I act today. The man, you know what the man's going to tell me? He says, you're a real man of God. He says, not many people would have came to my house and asked for forgiveness for something that somebody else's animal did. And then to, 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 to put something on top of it was this. He's going to tell me, Brother Francois, I love you, Carl. I'm like, just by making it right. Church, I don't care what people, I don't care what they say against us. I don't care what, how they act. I don't care if they drag our name through the mud. Church, come on. This year, 23, let it be a different year. Come on. Act right. Do what's right in your everyday life. Let people see the light of God shine in your life. Let it be a witness before this world. And look, I told Sister Mary the story. She says, well, Cora, I'm so proud of you. I said, well, Mama, I'm proud of myself. And I was because I wanted to shoot his dog. But I'm glad I didn't. But anyhow, in our everyday life, 
He says, by doing this, that the world will see the Jesus that's in you. Sometimes it's hard, church, to act the way Jesus wants us to act. But we must. Because it plays a big part on our Christian life. Church, in our church worship, this is what he's saying. If you tarry, if I tarry long, that you may know you should behave yourself in the house of God. How to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Listen to me. If we're going to claim to be Christians, then we must act like Christians. If we're going to be called church people, then we need to act like church people. Come on. In our everyday living, in our everyday society, we must act like Christians. He's saying it like this. We got to act the way God wants us to act as church folks. We got to be different. And, uh, and you can be different. And I can be different because we got Jesus living on the inside. We don't have to act like the world. We ain't got to cuss nobody out. We ain't got to hate nobody. Come on. It doesn't matter what they do against us. We can continue to love them like Jesus loved them. If we claim to be Christians, let's act like Christians. Jesus says it like this. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Don't, many people don't understand that. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. I'll give you an example. We're not live tonight, and let me see, and they're not here tonight. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Brother Kemp, probably several months ago, I had someone walking on the highway, and it was a lady. And this lady looked like she was dressed up to go somewhere. But I didn't know where she was going. She was walking on the highway off of 107. So I'm driving in my little single cab Ranger, and I'm driving down the highway, and I notice this lady. And she waves at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't want her to see me because she was actually probably hitchhiking, trying to find a ride. But you know what, Sister Sarah? The God in me wouldn't pick her wouldn't allow me to because don't let your good be evil spoken of we got to be careful where we go we got to be careful what we do because the adversary come on he is looking for something to destroy you and I with so I'm driving down the road and man I'm like oh my god that's so and so but I can't pick her up I'm in a single cab truck and if I put it in the front seat, oh, yeah, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, you see brother Ben, oh, he's having an affair. Oh, yeah, they done called all the board members of the church. They done signed a petition. And I'll be looking for another church. But don't let your good be evil spoken of. So anyhow, Sister Melissa, I met the lady two weeks later, madder than a hornet. Like, I can't believe a preacher would leave me on the side of the highway. I mean, you can believe it. Because nobody's going to accuse me for nothing I ain't doing. Amen. So don't let your good be evil spoken of. So, Brother Wendell, I explained to her. I said, okay, what if I would have picked you up? And somebody would have seen you sitting next to me because I'm in a single cab truck. And the first thing people are going to think is wrong. 
Even church people think that stuff. The thing we think is wrong stuff. Then we try to put the puzzle together and try to get something right out. But anyhow, it just don't work that way. And I explained to her the reason why. I said, I got too much to lose. I got my beautiful wife that I've been married to this year, 41 years, I could lose. Hey, I got a church that I could lose. I got respect of a community that I could lose if I picked you up and start having false accusations against me. And she understood. I said, but I promise you this, from this moment on, if I'm in my single cab truck and if I ever see you walking again, just be ready to jump in the driver's seat and I'm going to sit in the back of the truck like a hobo and then we go ahead and get to where we're going and once we get to where we're going, I'm going to jump in this seat and go where I got to go. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. We are accountable for the things we do, church. We got to beware of our enemy. He's looking to destroy each and every one of us. He's trying to plant things in people's lives and people's hearts against the church. And if we're not careful, he can destroy somebody. And that's why we got to know the truth. We got to know what's right because God expects us to. But be careful and beware because the enemy, he's, a, he, he's an enemy against our souls. Yes, he is. And he will destroy us. So when you're talking about be, beware, my, I'm running out of, I'm out of time. And I'm not going to hold you. I'm sorry, I, I, chased, I chased so many rabbits. I'm sorry for chasing so many rabbits, I didn't even get to finish my message. Right. Yes. Hey, God wants us to become in 23 greater than ever before. He does. Before, when we think about what God has planned for us, our minds can't really comprehend what he has in store for this church. God is showing us right now, even where we sit, that he wants to do a work in this church like never before. We got everything we have, everything we, it takes to move this church to the next level in 23. But I tell you what would move God to move this church greater and bigger than ever before if we get committed to the things of God. What would happen if we would get committed to God in 23 where we we start setting some goals in our life. God, in 23, I'm not going to miss church like I did in 22. God, in 23, I'm going to make the prayer room is going to be my first stop before service. God, in 23, I'm going to build me an altar, not at church, but I'm going to build me an altar at home. Come on, somebody. God, in 23, I'm going to pray like I never prayed before. God, in 23, I'm going to put you first before anything else. Come on, somebody. This is, I'm talking about 23. Setting a goal in 23 where we can see God do great things in our life and in this church's life. I'm telling you what God would do. God would fill this church up where we wouldn't have enough seating. Come on, if we would just put God first. Put God first in everything we do this year. 
Amen. Before I buy a motorcycle, God, do you want me to have one? Come on, somebody. Come no, on, with Brother Brent. God, before I buy a new house, hey, can't, do I need to buy a new house? God, do I, hey, before I change churches, God, do I need to change church? Come on, somebody. God, hey, what I need to do? Ask God, and he'll give you the answer. Come on, if we put God first this year, we're going to see some things this year. Hey, I want to give myself this year to God like I never did before because I want revival in this church. I said I want rev I know I struggled up here tonight, but I, I want revival in this church. Come on, I want revival in this church. I want, I want a move of God, amen, in this church. Come on, I, you're right. You're right, Brother Byron. I want a hundred, I want a hundred young new people in this church in 23. Come on, that's not too big for God. I said I want a hundred young people in this church this year. Praise God. Praise God. I don't want Brother Brendan to be just a youth pastor. I want him to have an assistant youth pastor. Come on. That's what I want in this church. Amen. Praise God. I want to see God move in this place. I want to see God, Sister Jan, when people like you come to this church with a need in their life, I want to have enough faith in God that I can lay hands on you that moment that God will heal you from the top of your head into the bottom of the soles of your feet. I want that this year. I want to see people like Brother Roger come in here, lost, broken, undone, make his way to an old-fashioned altar. In 10 seconds, God restores life. That's what I want to see in 23. I want to see a whole lot of you and me walk in this church, give their lives to God, and let God change them from the inside out. There's nothing wrong with wanting something more. I said there's nothing wrong with wanting something more. Amen. But how do we get more? We make ourselves available. Come on, make yourself available. Give yourself to God, holy and acceptable every day. Hey, always know there's potential everywhere we go. I said everywhere we go, there's potential. There are people that are lost. You ain't got to look far. When you go home, open up your back door, open up your front door, look to the left of your window or look to the right. You're going to see sinners all around us. You ain't got to look far. That's all got to do as a church is go knock a door, tell them Jesus love them, compel them to get to the house of God. It ain't that we ain't got great men of God. You just heard a while ago, we got potential in this church to move this church further than it's ever been before. Yes, I believe it. God can do it. I said God can do it. He can do it. It's what I want to see this year. I said, it's what I want to see this year. I want to see a youth on fire. But I don't want to want to see a youth on fire. I want to see adults on fire. I want to see your moms on fire. I want to see your dads on fire. I want to see your children on fire. Come on, somebody. Hey, let's start this year off right. Come on, let's not start it off the way we ended 22. Come on, somebody. Some of you never moved in 22. I wish that would change in your life today. I wish the excitement just for living for Jesus would get a hold of you and shake you up and realize, my God, I need Jesus more today than I needed him the first time that I came in touch, in touch with him. Amen. I tell you what I move this church to. Since I ain't got no more notes, let me leave that junk alone. 
Since I don't have any more notes, I'll tell you what would move this church, love and compassion. Come on, let's quit cutting, cutting everybody up. Let's quit talking about everybody and let's get a prayer life and pray for the brother and pray for the sister and pray for everybody. Come on, it'll work. I said it'll work and it'll move God. It'll move God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we don't ask him with a pure heart. We ask him like maybe he'll do it. No, God will do it if we put our faith in him. God will move if we put our faith in him. God would change things and matters and situations if we would put our trust in him and our faith in God. He'll do it. I said, God will do it. God will do it. Someone said last night, I don't want the world to save. I want the world to be saved, but I would just love to see my community saved. Amen. Brother Jordan was preaching here a couple of months ago, and he made a statement. He said, we're going to be limited of what we trust God for. If we want a 300 revival, uh, 300 people revival, we can get a 300 people revival. But if we want a thousand people revival, we can have a thousand people revival. That's up to you and I. Come on, that's up to you and I. And Sister Marquette went to Sister Beard. Sister Beard said, Sister Beard, how do you feel about a thousand member revival? A thousand people revival. And Sister Beard's answer was this, if we can handle it, we want it. But I tell you what we got. We got a church in here that can't handle. We can't handle it by ourselves. But together we can have whatever we desire. Come on, we can have a revival in this church. It's our desire, so it's what God's gonna, it's what God's gonna do. So we ought to have a desire for more than we have. For more. For more. Amen. Praise God. I want God to move us in 23. I want God to do great things in 23, and I believe God's gonna do it. I believe God's going to do it. Amen. I'm telling you, I'll tell you what would stop a move of God. It's all this bickering and all this fighting and all this gossip and all this stuff that don't mean nothing. If you're perfect, praise the Lord, but there, there ain't many of them like you then. I'm telling you. And, if you, and let me tell you something. I'm a firm believer. Hey, we all need Jesus. We all got hang-ups. We all got problems. But it is not God's will, God's will that we look at each other and condemn each other. God's will is that we bind together, pray together, strengthen one another in everyday life. Amen. Hey, supporting one another. Come on, somebody. Come on. There ain't nobody perfect. There ain't nobody. This pastor's not perfect. As you just heard, I had to go repent yesterday to a man that I told off. Nobody's perfect. We all strive to be like him. That doesn't mean we're going to be like him. But this year, we can make a difference. Come on, in somebody else's life. This year, things can change right here in Center Point Pentecostal Church. This year could be the year that we've been waiting for, that we've been expecting God to do great things. Amen. Hey, what? hey I'm telling you, we got enough faith in this room right now. Hey, we're getting ready to lose the McNeely's in January. They're getting ready to move to Houston, Texas for her to wait on lungs. Hey, come on, church. We got the God that could do it. We got the faith in this church that God can move on Sister Gail right now and give her brand new lungs. He could do it. He could do it. I said he could do it. We ain't got to lose somebody. We could pray that God will give her a miracle. God could do it. But we got to get in one mind and one accord for God to do those things. Come on, we got to be in one mind. 
in one accord. If we got Sister Dean right now, she's in a hospital. Poor baby, she's on oxygen. She could barely breathe. She can't breathe without oxygen. Hey, God could do a miracle in Sister Dean's life right now if the church would just rise up and say, God, I'm going to stand in the gap. Come on, I'm going to pray for a miracle because I know you are able to give us one. Come on, somebody, he could do it. I said, God could do it. Hey, let me tell you something. To be part of something is my last. To be part of something. There ain't nothing greater to be part of like the church. Come on, there ain't nothing greater in this world like the church. The church, the church is the greatest thing. I'm, I was, I'm like David. I was glad when they said unto me, for let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm telling you why David said that. He said the world couldn't give it. He, the, the world didn't have it. But when I walked in the house of God, I found what I was looking for. Come on, you that found what you were looking for when you walk in the house of God. There are people all around us that are looking for what we got. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.